You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Hey, 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 what up, what up, what up, Grace Family? How you guys doing? Awesome. Want to start by welcoming everybody join us all around the world online. I know we got people literally joining us from everywhere. I know we got all of our campuses in the house. We got Lando Lakes in the house. I mean, so there's so many, you guys got so many campuses, like you can't even name them all. Ebor, like a campus is popping up everywhere. We want to welcome all of you guys. Give a shout out to our campuses. Give them a hand clap for joining us today. We're going to have fun today. And for those of you guys that may be new, my name is Scott Williams. I bring you greetings from the great state of Oklahoma. I'm kind of like a guest that has adopted myself into the family, so I consider myself a part of the family. I'm no longer a guest. And, and I just drank one of those little bang energy shots, and so my brother's got a little bit of extra energy, but I'm excited to be able to share God's Word today. As you guys continue along in this series, as you talk about the playbook, and, and what is the playbook, and as you talk about family and all these things, I was really praying about what God God would speak to me through this series and got a chance to watch last week's message. I know, man, Pastor Craig and Coach Clyde, I got a chance to meet him. Uh, the last time I was here it was literally the night before uh, Tom Brady announced that he was coming back. And so I, I think I think Clyde was actually in here praying on his knees, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then and next thing you know, it happened the next day because I mean, my thing is that brother's got the easiest job ever, right? How are you gonna be the QB coach for Tom Brady? You know what I'm saying? But, but it's going to, we're going to have lots of fun today, and this series is really is something that's going to point you guys into a direction of where there'll be something new, something fresh for you and your family, and I really believe that God is going to do something amazing in your life, because if you think about family, I'm thinking about family, like one thing about family, we think about the playbook, it's, it's a team, and one thing about the team is that like all of the players have to be doing well for the team to do well. You got to come together. And so when it comes to the family, it's not just one person in the family doing well, but it's the entire family. So we're going to kind of speak to that. We're going to look at what it means individually, what are the things that we should do. Because one of the things that I've always said for many years is I think we have to make sure that we're orienting our life and our situation, our family. We got to get things in order. Everybody say get things in order. And what I like to say is this, it's, it's pretty simple. It's God, family, and everything else. And so in other words, like you got to make sure that these things are in order because what I see oftentimes that people will, will get things out of order. They'll put the everything else ahead of their family, they'll put the, which means their work. They put it above their family or they'll put the everything else before God or they'll put their family before God. You got to make sure that you keep it in proper order that it's God, family, and everything else. And when we talk about getting it in the right order, what does that mean that, that God is first? What does that mean that, that God is priority and that, that he's the one that's the head of the house, the head of our life, the head of our family? Well, that means like we got to make sure that the things that we're doing, that they revolve around the things of God. And we talk about God and we talk about like how is it that we go to God and how is it that we can have some communication with God? And the way that happens is, is prayer. And one thing about prayer is that prayer is one of these things that like we think it should just be this easy thing with God, but people are really awkward and uncomfortable with prayer. It's almost like, you don't know, did I pray the right prayer? Am I praying the right thing? It's almost like you feel like you're on the voice or something, right? And like you're, you're praying your prayer and you're hoping that God is going to push the button and turn around and say, yeah, like that was a good one. But that's not how it works. Prayer is literally having a conversation with God. And I really believe that after today's message that no matter how you've looked at prayer, that you'll begin to look at it differently. Like that God is going to open up a fresh new lens. And I'm telling you, as you're looking at the playbook for your life, like if prayer is not a part of it, I don't care about anything else you do. It's not going to work. 
As a matter of fact, I was, I was looking at this, I was thinking about we're kind of taking a sports theme or whatever, and I'm thinking like, like last week's message, getting a chance to hear Coach Clyde's story, it's amazing. And I know some guys that he's coached, some, uh, some quarterbacks in the NFL that are friends of mine that he's coached, and, and uh, some NFL agents, and they tell me that, that, that Clyde is actually known for one of the guys who does the most discipleship of any coach in the NFL. And so he has a legacy of doing things a certain way and making sure that, that he helps these, these young men and these grown men grow up to where their life is oriented a way to where you have God, family, and everything else. And, and we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about prayer. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn around to your neighbor right now and say, you need prayer. I want you to turn around to your other neighbor, the one that was your second choice. Turn around to your second choice and say, you really need prayer. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to look at prayer and we're going to look at how do we pray these powerful prayers. And I, I love the story that we're going to look at in the Bible today. We're going to look at the story of one of my favorite guys in the Old Testament. We're going to look at the life of Daniel. And we're going to look at Daniel's life and how Daniel was a great man of prayer. He was a great man of faith. He was a great man of God. And we're going to look at Daniel's life and look at what it can do to help us to orient our life as it relates to prayer. Let me go ahead and set the stage for the time we're going to look at in Scripture. Imagine Daniel, he had been doing his thing. He had been serving God faithfully, been serving faithfully literally for over 70 years. Everybody say 70. I mean, some of you guys have been serving faithfully for three weeks here at Grace, and you feel like it's something, right? 70 years he was serving faithfully, and as he did, King Darius began to promote him. And begin to elevate him and begin to give him new roles and, and, and all the, the leaders, the satraps and everybody, they were, they were, they were getting a little bit upset that, that Daniel was getting elevated and promoted. How many of you guys know what happens as you begin to get promoted or, or elevated in life and things start going well for you? Who starts coming out of the woodwork? The haters. The haters, the enemy, they start coming out of the woodwork because I like to say it this way, as you begin to reach new levels, you get new devils. And, and so as you and your family, you continue to be elevated, you continue to be promoted, blessing and, and breakthrough, and you made the football team, you made the cheer squad, you got that promotion at work, things are going well for your family, and, and some people just can't take it, and so the haters start to come out. And that's the same thing that was happening in Daniel's time. He gets promoted, he gets elevated, and they knew that he was a very faithful man of God. They also knew that he was a man of prayer. They knew that every single day you could find Daniel praying. And so what these guys did, they got together like, hey, yo, man, what can we do, do you think, to get Daniel caught up in where we can devise a scheme? Because, man, he's getting too much, too many wins. He's having too much success, man. His, his Instagram is popping. Every time he posts something on there, it just looks like he's just winning. And what can we do to, to change that? Translation, what can we do to, 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 to basically put this man who's having some success and put him in his place? And so they devise this plan. They go to King Darius like, King, we have an idea. How about if, if, if you find anybody praying to anyone other than you, like that you would have them thrown in a lion's den? Because what this will do, King, is this will promote unity so everybody should be praying to you. And so the king kind of thought about it for a minute. He's like, okay, I, I guess that's what we'll do. So now you guys have set the stage. Anybody that's praying to anyone other than King Darius will be thrown into the lion's den. That's where you actually pick up in the Bible. Daniel 6, well, uh, let's just read verse 10 and 11. This is what happens next. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. Bible says he got down on his knees three times a day 
and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Then these men, the haters, they came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before his God. So that's what happened. They set it up. They said they were going to get him caught up, and it was actually pretty easy to do so. And that's what's important because I'm telling you, when you're looking at, at the life of what's going on, like with anyone's situation, like they want to think, what can they do to get you caught up? And what you got to do is you have to make sure that you devise a plan to where when somebody's trying to get you caught up, somebody's trying to get your family off kilter and out of a situation that you know is going to put you in a situation where you can win, you got to make sure that you're doing things that are going to help you win. I mean, for the next few weeks as you're in this family series, as you're in this playbook series, some of you guys are going to ask the question, what can I do for my family to be able to have some success? What can I do for my marriage to be able to have some success? And one thing I love about Grace is that Grace just doesn't say, hey, we're going to do a family series. They make sure that you put you in a situation where you have some opportunities. I mean, you have a national comedian that's going to be in the house. They get a chance to come here. It'll be a couple different weeks, a couple different opportunities. You're going to be able to come in here and laugh and celebrate and have fun as they're doing so. Ted Cunningham is his name. And, and not only that is you're going to have an opportunity for a date night. How many of you guys, by show of hands, you need a date night? By show of hands? Okay, and, and this date night, this isn't just if you're married. It's if you're married, if you're, you're dating and you're serious and you went beyond swipe right, you swipe left and now you're walking forward, you know what I'm saying? And this is for those that are thinking about getting married or you're in a serious relationship. And so you'll want to make sure that you come to date night because I'm telling you, you got to make sure that you're actually tapping in and you're doing the things that's going to set you up for success. And so when we look at Daniel's life, we understand that there's real power in prayer. Because there's prayer, and then there's prayer, like Daniel prayed. And Daniel prayed in a way to where, like, we got to make sure we're praying that same way, that, that prayer has to be our steering wheel and not just our spare tire. Because what happens is oftentimes we get that situation that goes bad. Oh, oh, okay, no, things going to happen at work. Let me go to my spare tire and get it out and pray. Or, or my, my son or daughter has, has run from the Lord and they're, they're not honoring God. Let me go get this spare tire. Or you know what? Or, or I got a bad report at the doctor's office. Let me go get this spare tire. You can't live your life like that. You got to make sure that, that if you want to have the proper playbook, it's got to be that, that, that prayer is your steering wheel. In other words, it's the thing that is guiding your life. And as we look at Daniel's life today, I think he'll really set the stage to help us to understand how we can pray these powerful prayers. And normally I'm a three-point guy. I preach three points, but today it's four points, and you have a bonus. And I promise you this, you'll never forget this praying method ever. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to say, say high school P.E. Everybody say high school P.E. High school P.E. So basically it's going to be H-S-P-E. So the first thing you're taking notes, you'll never forget this, is that prayers are powerful when they are humble. Everybody say humble. Let's go back to verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. The Bible says that he got down on his knees and it says that he prayed and gave thanks to God as he had done previously. So he found himself in this very humble position of worship praying. And so my question for you is, when is the last time that you found yourself in this humble position of worship praying? By a show of hands, those of you that are here, those of you that are at the campuses and those online, 
How many of you guys do yoga by show of hands? Okay, not very many of you here. I know y'all doing yoga over there at Ebor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, like, like how about how many of you guys work out? By show of hands, how many of you guys work out? All right, how many, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. How many of you guys have ever thought about working out? On a Monday or so, so almost all. But here's this, so the next time that you're doing yoga, the next time that you're working out, or the next time that you're thinking about working out, just, just take a moment and just kneel down in this humble position of worship and pray and give thanks to God. Because it's something that happens when you, when you find yourself in this position of humility. I mean, I'm telling you, like, you just, just this posture of saying, God, like, I trust you. God, I appreciate all that you've done. And when you do it, you will begin to change your posture. Because all of us have heard stories of people in our church and friends and family that have fallen from grace, that have made decisions that don't honor God. And, and I'm here to tell you that those people that are doing that, they're not finding themselves in this very humble position of worship. Because here's the deal. Even if you fall when you're on your knees, guess what? you're not gonna fall very far. And, and the Bible says, says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourselves before the Lord, he will do what? He will lift you up. In other words, I can't say it in any other way is that you gotta be lowered before you can be lifted. And many of you are here today and you haven't found yourself in a humble position of worship to where you've lowered yourself to where God can lift you up, and I'm telling you, once you do that, things will begin to shift. So the first thing is that prayers are powerful when they're humble. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this, is prayers are powerful when they are specific. Everybody say specific. Let me just go back. Before we get to specific, let's just think about this in this humble position of worship, because I think we got to make sure that we set the foundation for the humility before we get to the specific prayers. I mean, some of you guys may remember my story from the last time I was here. I told you that I, um, I, used, I spent about 12 years in the prison system as a warden. For some of you guys that weren't here, I had to make sure I cleared it up real quick. But I, was, I was on the youngest wardens in the country, and one of the things about being a warden is that I was kind of a new school warden, which means I like to walk the units and get my, my finger on the pulse of what was happening. And, and I, as I would walk the units, it would be pretty interesting because you would have different religions Different, like the Muslims be praying to Allah, the Buddhists praying to Buddha, and like all these different, and you have Christians, some Christians praying to Jesus. But there was this one particular unit that I'd walk through, and there was this inmate there, his name was Johnson. And, and Johnson, there was something different about Johnson. Every time I would go through, Johnson would be on his knees, like praying, like, man, just this humble position praying to Jesus. And this is important to understand because in prison, it's not, it's not a good thing to be humble. It's about being macho and machismo and tough and let people know, like, yo, dog, like, like, yeah, you don't want none of this over here. Translation, hey, man, you don't want to mess with me. I'm a bad dude. And so that's what they would do in prison. And so, but Johnson, it was just something different about him. And I'd always go through there, and I'd just see him praying to Jesus. I just always made a mental note of it. And so I think about, like, we got to understand, like, as we look at Johnson's life and we look at Daniel's life, we got to understand there's powerful prayers when they're humble prayers. But then once we understand that position, that posture, let's get to the second point. That's what it is. It's prayers are powerful when they are specific. Everybody say specific. Specific. And so you think about it. So specific prayers, meaning like we just don't pray these like, oh, like I just pray that this happened or that happens or this happened or that happens. You got to pray very, very specific prayers. I mean, I want you to think about this, like a very, very specific prayer for Daniel. So again, the, the, the leaders were trying to get Daniel caught up. 
They go to King Darius and say, yo, if anybody, you know, praying anybody other than, than you, they're going to get thrown in the lion's den. And King Darius, he signs that in the law. And so, but check this out. Like they knew it was going to be easy to catch Daniel up because Daniel was, he did the same thing every day. He was always praying to God. So that's what they do. They go, they go and they find Daniel. He, he, he's praying to God. And what do they do? They take pictures of him. They take videos of him. They put it on Instagram, put it on TikTok. And next thing you know, everybody sees that, that, that Daniel is praying to God. And so they, they go and they take the, they take the images. And they take it to King Darius like, King, remember, remember that thing that you signed in the law? That if anybody's praying to anyone other than you, they'd be thrown in the lion's den? King, what you going to do about that? And you know the, the image that they took, it had to be a, an iPhone pick, right? Because, uh, you know, I don't, here's the, no, no disrespect to my Android users at, at Lando Lakes and every, at all of our campuses. Like, here's the deal. But, like, one thing about Android phones, I don't know if you guys ever seen this, but, like, Android users would take a picture and they'll show it to you. It looks absolutely amazing. You're like, oh, my gosh, that looks amazing. And then they post it on social media, all pixelated. That's a whole nother story. But anyway, so, so they post it out there. They say, Dan, you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. They show him the pics. And so at that moment, King Darius had to wrestle. He had to wrestle with the position of, do I throw this man that was a very faithful man of God in the lion's den, or do I not? But then he also had to wrestle that, I'm a king, and I signed this in the law. I need to honor what I did. And so he did. So he said, go get Daniel, and let's get him ready to be thrown into the lion's den. And so he goes, and they, they get Daniel. And they think about a very specific prayer the last words that King Darius said to Daniel before he threw him in a lion's den, he said this. He says, may your God, whom you continually serve, deliver you. Almost as though he's given him a very, very specific prayer. And then he leaves. And he goes and he has this tension of he's laying and sleeping in his palace, knowing that Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. So they threw Daniel in the lion's den and they, they, they closed the lion's den up, put the rock over the lion's den. And here's the deal, like I don't know much about lion's dens. I've never been in one. But here's what I do know. I know it sounds a little bit scary, right? Because here's what I know for sure. I know that cats are evil and like lions are like evil, 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 right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and for those of you who have a problem with the cat statement, just email tom.brady at thebucks.com. I don't know, but anyway... <laughs> But as I'm thinking about like, like lion thrown in the lion's den, I mean, it had to be a moment that was crazy, right? And it's the moment thrown in the lion's den because lions are, I mean, like I just think about when I was growing up, we would watch National Geographic specials with, with lions. How many of you guys ever seen one of those National Geographic by show of hands? Okay, many of you have. Like, like young people, like on YouTube, maybe you've seen a video of like a lion. But it's always the same setup, right? It's always a lion over here and he's like, and then there's always over here is like a pack of antelope and they're just like anteloping you know what I'm saying so the antelope are just anteloping and then the lion's over here like and then the antelope is just like anteloping you know what I'm saying they just anteloping doing their thing and there's always like the one antelope that, that wanders off from the pack right oh butterfly and so like so the antelope is just antelope and the next thing you know the music gets really intense da, 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 da. and next thing you know you see the lion and it attacks the antelope and you see fur flying you see blood flying and the next thing you know the antelope is is dead yes as a matter of fact I can preach an entirely different sermon right there 
That's why it's important that you stay in community and that you stay in a small group because if you don't stay connected to the pack and you don't stay connected to the crowd and you don't stay connected to the family, you're going to end up what? Dad, I didn't say it. You did. But, but that's the thing. Like, you're going to end up dead. You got to stay connected. So again, they threw him in the lion's den. The next day, he comes back. And, and again, I'm thinking, like, lion's den. Lion's like crazy. Like, it's scary because I'm again, like, I don't know. Like, I just think you got to think, like, what was the prayer he was praying? Because, I mean, lions, like, how many of you guys are scared of lions? By a show of hands? Everybody. The ones that didn't raise their hand, oh, man, I ain't scared of no lion. And so I remember one time we went to uh, South Africa. I was there. I was preaching at Hillsong Church. And, and so my videographer from L.A., Jacob, was with me. And we, we got a chance to go. And as we were there, I'm like, you know what, like, I want to go see like some lions, lions, not like a, in a zoo lions, like real lions. Like, well, there's only one park that has lions that are like loose and roaming and you like got to stay in your vehicle. So we're like, yeah, we want to go there. Right. <laughs> so Murray get in the car and like the person that took us, he wasn't like a, a tour guide of lions. Like he was a staff member at Hillsong in a little car. Right. <laughs> and so we go and we pull up to this park. It's out in the middle of like South Africa. Right. And so we pull up, I just remember the two things that the guy told, he said, we pull up, he said, two things that you need to remember. I was like, oh. the first one is, stay in the car at all times, don't roll down the windows and don't open the doors. And the other thing to remember is, it sounds like you guys are from America. You don't have lawsuits here. If you get eight, you just get eight. I was like, well, that's encouraging, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, we can't sue, brother, can't sue. So anyway, so we go, and like, we go, and like, we're driving around. It's a true story, like, and, and my, my driver, he was like, you know, I want to get some, some good shots. Like, these shots aren't good. And we actually have real video of us, and this is not like something you got from, like, YouTube. This is real video my videographer took. And so he's like, you know, man, I want to get out the car, and I want to take this because this is blocking me. So... He goes and he gets out the car, and as he gets out the car, like he sees this male line there, and he's going to get shots of the male line. I'm in the car because I ain't that crazy, right? And so he's out the car, and next thing you know, he's shooting the male line, and I look back, and I see the female line crouched down, and that's what I didn't understand is what they will do is that the male will distract you while the female attacks you. Oh, and that's a whole other sermon that I could preach right there. Oh, no, I didn't mean that, ladies. I'm just saying, I mean, I mean like... I mean, that's what the, the enemy will do. Like, sin will distract you while the enemy attacks you. But you got to make sure that, that, you're, that you're staying focused and that you're, you're praying very, very specific prayers. King Darius, I pray that your God, whom you continually serve, deliver you. And I don't know what the specific prayer was that Daniel prayed, but sometimes I think you got to read between the lines. Come on, I worked a lot harder on that. I'm, I'm preaching better than y'all responding right there. I, I, sometimes you got to read between the lines. I, I think the prayer that he might have prayed is, God, I pray that you would send your angels into this lion's den and I would not be harmed. But think about it, he's in the lion's den. King Darius goes to his palace. He comes back. Next day, they pull off the rock expecting to see Daniel mauled. Daniel pops his head up like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So like, so like Daniel's there and he was not harmed. You got to think, what is the very specific prayer that Daniel was praying? And I don't know for you guys, like you need to learn to pray specific prayers. Don't just pray, oh God, I, I pray that you would just help me to get out of jail or help me to quit using drugs or no, God, I pray that I never go nowhere near the dope man's house ever again. No, no God, my prescription drug card that I have, I, I cut that up and I don't use it anymore. 
Oh, I just want to meet a godly man. I pray that I never go to the club trying to re meet, meet a godly man because that's not going to happen. And I try to meet him or her in the church. You got to pray very, very specific prayers. I don't know what it is for you. I'm just thinking about back in, you know, like I'm from Oklahoma. We have these things called tornadoes. I mean, I know y'all have hurricanes. I'm not trying to compare natural disasters, but, but you know, a hurricane, y'all prepare. Y'all know the name of the hurricane. Y'all get ready. One day, y'all go buy up all the water in the entire state. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, but you know, but y'all get out of Dodge, right? You buy the water up and then you leave. You leave the water at home or you put it in your car. Anyway, so y'all go, uh, so you do, but I'm like, there was a tornado coming our way many years ago. And it was about 30 miles from us, 30 minutes from us, but they said it was coming our direction and it was in a town called El Reno and they said there was softball-sized hail. First of all, that should be illegal. You know what I'm saying? So softball-sized hail is coming our way. And I remember like, like, you know, the storming was crazy. And I remember just getting our family together, just praying that, God, I pray that, that you would protect my family, that there wouldn't be any damage to my home and that you would keep us safe. Minutes later, so it's all the boom, boom, hell hitting and wind and furious. And like the next morning we wake up and like our, our trampoline is in our neighbor's yard, like five houses down. And, and it's just, it was just crazy. And over the next few weeks, like people's you know, roofs are getting replaced or whatever. And I finally called my adjuster and he came out and as we begin having a conversation with me, he's like, you know, like, because like, again, we, we, put our, we put our kids in the, in, the, in, the, in the tub and put, like I said, helmets on them, a thing over. It's like a ghetto storm shelter. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he comes the next day, weeks later, he's like, you know, Mr. Williams, I'm going to hook you up. And how many of you guys know when you hear the words hook you up? It just makes you smile, right? He's like lifetime warranty, impact resistant. And for those of you guys that are in the insurance business, you know what I'm talking about. It's like they kind of declare an area like a disaster. So we knew it was going to get replaced. And so... He finally, he comes out, he goes on the roof and does whatever they do, and, and, he, and he comes off and he says, like, Mr. Williams, like, I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, really, was it, was it that bad? He's like, no, there's no significant damage. And I was like, seriously? I mean, since then, I've learned to say, you know, very spiritual things like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I prayed a very, very specific prayer. And I say all that to say to you is that prayers are powerful when they're specific. No, God, I pray that, that, that here's the deal. Like I've been trying to get, we've been trying to get pregnant week after week and month after month. I pray that we have a positive pregnancy on the next test that we take. I pray that my son or daughter that's run from the Lord, I pray that they would return to you. I pray that our marriage is hanging on by a thread that you would restore. I pray that the chains of addiction would be broken. I pray that, that God, that you would draw me closer to yourself. Prayers are powerful. When they're specific. Next thing, if you're taking notes, is that here's the P. So, high school PE. The P is this prayers are powerful when they're persistent. Everybody say persistent. All right, let's be persistent and go back to verse uh, 10 and 11. Here's what the Bible says When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had his windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day. How many times a day? Three times a day. In other words, he did this over and over and over again. He was persistent. And he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done what? Previously. In other words, he did it three times a day as he had did before over and over and over and over again. That's important. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel make petition and plea before his God. And so again, like, you got to think about this. Like, many of you guys, like, you pray something and nothing happens and you're done. You're out. You're through praying. But what Daniel reminds is that you got to keep praying over and over and over and over again. That thing you've been praying for and believing for, 
over and over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, everybody, all of our locations, everybody in here, I want you to hold your hand up and then one finger, and we're going to tap it in, in unison, okay, everybody? Kind of tap, okay, together, together, all right? Now do two fingers, okay? Now three, okay? Now four, okay? Now five, and that's how prayer is, is you pray it over and over and over and over again. It gets louder and louder and louder. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so not only do you hear it, but God hears it. Not only do you hear it and God hears it, but the people around you hear it. And as we're talking about this family playbook, that's what's important to understand is that we got to make sure that prayer is at the front and center. And we got to make sure that we keep doing it over and over and over and over again. I mean, do you think about it? God's going to answer your prayer. Sometimes the answer may be not now. Sometimes the answer might be no. But Daniel, you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. What did he do? He kept praying. Daniel, you're in the lion's den. What did he do? He kept praying. Daniel, you're out of the lion's den. What did he do? He kept praying. You see, Daniel didn't allow his outward circumstances to affect his inward assurance that God was going to show up. He knew that God was going to show up and his situation was going to blow up. I mean, I think that's important to understand is that you got to keep praying over and over and over and over again. You know, I told you guys earlier about that inmate named Johnson. And every single time I'd walk through the units, I would see Johnson on his knees praying to Jesus boldly. As I began to learn a little bit more of Johnson's story, he began to share a little bit more. And what I had to understand is that Johnson said that he was wrongfully convicted. But oftentimes in prison, there's many inmates that say they were wrongfully convicted. But there was something about Johnson that was just believable. And he said the reason why he prays over and over and over again is because he wants his good name to be restored. He prays over and over and over again because he wants his family to be reunited. He prays over and over and over again because he trusts that God is going to do something. You see, he was praying that he wasn't praying looking at his situation he wasn't praying looking that he was in prison. He wasn't praying, I don't know what it is that you came in here withholding. Whatever it is that you came here with, that's this cloud over you. He was praying with his eyes on God and not on his situation. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do today. You got to keep praying over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's what this inmate Johnson did. He kept praying over and over and over and over again. And some of you are like, well, yeah, Pastor Scott, that sounds good. But you don't understand my situation. You don't understand how dark my situation is. Here's what you need to understand. Is that God shines his brightest lights when we're in our darkest places. But you got to understand, like, like you got to pray over and over and over and over again. Because prayers are powerful when they're persistent. And the last thing, if you're taking notes, and this is when the band will play behind me to make me sound more spiritual as I close. You can bring the volume up just a little bit there. Last thing is this, is prayers are powerful when they are expectant. Everybody say expectant. The Bible says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of either life or death. And here's what people, they, they say that and they forget the rest of it. And those who love it 
What is the it that you love? Do you love the it of speaking life or do you love the it of speaking death? Do you love the it of speaking, expecting God is going to do something, that God is going to show up, that your situation is going to be different or do you speak death? This is how it's always going to be. They're never going to amount to anything. This is just our situation. This is just our family legacy. No, you got to pray expecting God to do something, expecting God to show up, expecting God to do miracles, expecting God to do more than you could ask think or imagine because what we got to understand about prayer is this is that prayer is the key to heaven but it's faith that actually unlocks the door the faith of believing that your situation is going to be different that, that, that your legacy is going to be different that those things that you're holding on to is going to be different. But you got to expect that. If you're walking here today and you're holding stuff, but you're not expecting God to do anything, why do you think he's going to do something? It's okay to go through some stuff. I'm telling you, this smooth water's never made a skilled sailor. Sometimes in life, you got to go through something in order to get to something. And I'm telling you, but you got to believe that God is going to do it. You know, I told you about that inmate Johnson. Every single time I would go through... I would see Johnson praying. It was almost every time. It's different times I was in the unit. It could be the morning, the evening, but I would always see him as just either something. He's either pouring into people or he's praying to Jesus. Remember one time as I walked in Johnson's unit, I walked in his unit and I'm sitting there having a conversation. As I'm having a conversation, I could see Johnson just, just out of the corner of my life. And he's like, he was sitting there and he was sitting on the edge of his bed. As I finished the conversation with the, the, the officers that I was talking to, I'll never forget it. Johnson comes up to me, he says, says, Warden. I'm like, what's up, Johnson? He said, I got my papers. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, my case has been overturned. He's like, I'm getting out of this joint. He said, I got my papers. I've been praying over and over and over again for over six years because I knew that God was going to show up. I didn't listen to what everybody else was saying because I knew that God was going to show up. I don't know what you came in here with today, but God wanted me to tell you that, that God's got your papers. That son or daughter is far from the Lord. God's got your papers. You've been praying for a positive pregnancy. God's got your papers. Grandma's got stage four cancer. God's got your papers. Your family member's doing something that you know is not honoring God. God's got your papers. You're praying for a good man. You're praying for a blessing. You're praying for a miracle. You're praying for a breakthrough. You're praying for answers. You're praying for your situation to be different. You're praying for the doors and the windows of heaven to open. God sent me thousands of miles just to remind you that God has got your papers. Let's pray in all of our locations. Uh, Father, I thank you so much that it's your God that, that truly has our papers, God. God, as we're in this room right now, across this room, and those that are online, those are all of our locations, if you'd be honest enough to say, you know what, man? My prayer life isn't what it's been, what it needs to be, God. And I, I want to walk out of here different. I want to draw closer to you. I want my prayers to be powerful prayers like Daniel. All across this room, if that's kind of your prayer before God right now, just lift your hand right now. I just want to pray for you. 
God, I pray for every single person that's raised their hand and said they want their prayer life to be different, God. They want to draw closer to you, God. I pray as they learn to pray these powerful prayers, God, that you begin to open up the floodgates of blessing as they come to you humbly and they pray very, very specific prayers. And more importantly, God, like that they you know what they, they understand, like what can they do to pray these powerful prayers humbly, specifically, persistently, and most importantly, God, expecting that you're going to do something. You can put your hands down now. All of our campuses still join his hands still bowed and eyes still closed. Now, here's one of the things that, that breaks my heart is I know that in a room this size and so many people online that if life were to end today, there's so many people that would miss heaven by 12 inches because they have a head knowledge but they don't have a heart acceptance. And here in a few moments, you have the opportunity to make the most important decision of your entire life. And it's not no get out of hell free car. This is a surrender saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to walk out these doors differently. It's the most important prayer that you can ever pray. And here in a few moments, you have the opportunity to do so at all of our campuses. So if you're here today, you say, you know what, man, I'm sick and tired of trying to do this on my own. Today's the day. I say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to wash my sins away, and I want you to make me brand new. If that's you and that's your prayer, right where you are right now, just raise your hand high right now. Raise it up high right now and keep it up. I just want to acknowledge you. Just let me meet you eye to eye. I see both of you guys right here. Welcome to the family of God. Right here, I see both of you guys together, an entire family. Welcome to the family of God. Others of you, over here to my left, sir, welcome to the family of God. Both of you guys right there, generation will be changed because of your decisions. Both of you right there in the back of them right there. Others of you, hand, both hands raised high in the balcony right there. All of our campuses, you continue to, to welcome the people in the family of God at your campuses. Others of you, right here, ma'am, I see you right there waving back here in the back. Others of you, sir, right here, welcome to the family of God. Never too late to make the most important decision of your entire life. Others of you. All right, here's what we're going to do. Heads still bowed and eyes still closed. We're going to pray this prayer out loud together as a church family. And we're going to go crazy and we're going to celebrate, man, all that God is doing in this room. Some church will go an entire lifetime and what just happened today won't happen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer out loud in faith. And then at the end, what we're going to do is we're going to jump up on our feet and we're going to worship God for about two minutes as we close this service out because we understand that what just happened in this room, it's impossible some places, but we understand that nothing is impossible with God. We understand that his resurrection power is in here. We understand that his healing power is in here today. So I want every single person to repeat this prayer after me saying, Dear Heavenly Father, come on, you can do better than that. I want to hear you. Everybody repeat this prayer after me saying, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. Today I choose to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Change me and make me brand new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, Grace family. Let's give it up for changed lives. Come on. Let's get up on your feet and let's worship Jesus. Come on now. All across this room. Here's the like, everybody, give him everything that you got. We're going to worship him. Let these words just marinate over your life. Just marinate over your situation. You got to trust that God is going to do something because there, there's nothing that's too big for God. There's nothing that's impossible for God. I'm here to tell you he's got some healing power on your life. Let's worship him with everything. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.